0: This is a West Gippsland Week podcast. Our understanding of COVID uh, is developing continuously and uh, the roadmaps and everything are there and confusing the heck out of most of us. So I'm very pleased to speak with Professor Stuart Burzen's who is from our own Federation University. Uh, thanks for your time, Stuart. One of the things that ha- is, has been puzzling me and I I think many others is this issue of understanding how the vaccine is going to impact on the transmission of the virus. We, we understand that we need a high level of vaccination in the community, um, but we also understand, I think that the vaccine itself is not 100% uh, protective for an individual. Can you explain a little bit about how that works uh, a, in terms of the, its potential for transmission?
1: So so what the vaccine is doing is um, exposing your immune system to, uh, to something that's as close to the virus as it, as it can be without it actually being dangerous. So it looks very much like the virus. This is the vaccine I'm talking about, um, but it's not the virus. And so your immune system sees that and it mounts an immune response against it. And how your immune system works in general is once it's it's encountered a particular pathogen, so a germ or or whatever, the second and third time round, it's much, much better. It responds quicker and and it's a more effective response. And so that's what we're trying to achieve with a vaccine. Now with this particular disease, um, COVID, where it infects you is mostly through your respiratory channels, So so your nose and your throat, um, those types of areas there. Now, vaccines work, or particularly this type of vaccine works best to give you protection throughout your body in your blood system. So once it gets into your blood, it's extremely effective at, at knocking off those types of diseases. But it's a little bit of a challenge for COVID because the, the infection initially takes place on surfaces, you know, inside your throat and inside your nose. Um, that while there is a blood supply and there is an immune there is an immune presence there, the vaccine probably isn't as isn't as effective there as it is in other parts of your body. So what tends to happen with this form of the vaccine is that it, it's very good at preventing the disease from getting severe. So in terms of preventing you from going to hospital, it's extremely effective. But in terms of preventing you getting infected at all, um, then the effectiveness is a little bit less. And often the 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 uh, COVID will 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 infect you. So you can detect the presence of the virus, but it's the vaccination stops that disease from spreading throughout your body and and stops you developing these severe symptoms.
0: Would it then be... better to tr- be looking to uh, developing something that, that actually goes through the nose, a nasal spray or, or something like that?
1: Uh, those types of things are in development now. Yeah, there's um, certainly there's treatments that are being developed that are um, that are sort of targeting those tissues. Uh, I, I guess in some ways it, it, it is a tricky task because the treatments and uh, vaccines that we know that target, uh, say the nose and mucosal tissues and things like that, um, they're, then not quite as good at protecting you um, within your bloodstream. So you kind of need a combination of both, really. And so I guess uh, what you'd really want to have happen is if you were to choose between, um, you know, getting a low-level infection or going to hospital, you'd choose the low-level infection. And I think so at the moment, they've gone with the vaccine approach that's going to protect as many people as it possibly can. And now we're at the stage that we've gone, all right, well, these vaccines are working really well in that area. But it would be good if we could stop infection completely and so that's where we're probably going to see some uh some some new ideas coming up and new developments in the vaccine field that that like you say there'll be nasal sprays and things like that but that's a little way down the track now
0: Uh, do we yet know if if um the the immunization produced by having the disease is the same or similar to the the vaccination and do you need like if you've had the disease do you need to worry about a vaccination anyway
1: no that's a very good question and for some people if they've had the disease and they've responded and their immune system has responded in a in an optimal way shall we say then that is effectively acting like the first dose of a vaccine so you're absolutely right Um, The problem is that it's difficult to predict because some people get very mild forms of the disease and some people get very severe forms. And so just to give you an example, if people did have an infection that got into their nose, so they're technically um, positive for COVID and they'll test positive for COVID, but their immune system is very, you know, uh, it gets on top of it very quickly and the disease doesn't spread throughout their body. That is not going to provide an equivalent level of immunity that, say, a vaccine would. Um, So... It's very difficult to sort of have a blanket rule saying, well, if you've you've had COVID, then you're going to be protected. That will be true for some people. It won't be true for other people. And so the recommendation is that um, even if you have had COVID, vaccination is still, well, it's definitely going to to improve your level of, of immunity. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it might be very important for preventing hospitalisation because just just because you've been positive for COVID doesn't necessarily mean you've mounted a good immune response. But the vaccine, the vaccine is designed in a way to almost guarantee that just because of the way it's it's introduced to your body, it's injected into you, um, it, it, and is in a formulation that is designed to boost the immune response. So that that's why um, the recommendation at the moment is even if you're not even if you have had covid then get the vaccination um and what what that probably means for most people if you've had covid and you've had the vaccination then you're about as well protected as you possibly can be I would say
0: um and there's mixed stories so far on the success or necess- necessity of booster shots is that getting any clearer
1: it is yeah so it look it's what happens with any immune response is that uh, you get sort of a, a peak and then it sort of falls away a little bit over time um, and that that just sort of you know makes sense you don't want to have a, a raging immune response uh, going to every disease you've ever had and, and staying there permanently because um, well frankly it'll make you feel <laughs> feel a bit unwell um, so it's natural for it to fall away and that's what we've seen with the vaccination as well um, what we've seen is the level of antibodies so that's the main way that we sort of detect how well the vaccinations worked the main the level of antibodies is falling away over you know, a six-month period. Now, what we don't have a really good understanding of is how that is impacting specifically on your ability to fight the disease, because it's not a straight correlation. It, it, In many cases, as long as you've got a certain amount of antibodies and a certain amount of other immune elements, you're going to be fine. So if you've got 10 times more, it doesn't mean you're 10 times better. You just, you know, it's it, it's overkill sort of thing. So it doesn't matter if it falls away. In the real world, what seems to be happening is that there is virtually no impact on the protection provided against hospitalisation and serious disease. So that's the really good news. Um, What is happening, though, is that we're starting to see people who have been vaccinated for, say, six months. They seem to be a little bit more likely to pick up mild forms of the disease. So... The question you asked earlier on about you know in, uh, infection versus uh, you know getting getting sick, I guess it's an example of that. Where those people who have been vaccinated for six months or more, it does seem likely that they're that they're uh, that more of those people are developing mild forms of COVID, but they're not going on to be seriously unwell. So it's uh, at this stage, it's more inconvenient than it is. Um, worrying of course we don't know what's going to happen in you know a year's time or or two years time my feeling is uh and this is this is reflective of of what overseas experts are saying is that there's no great panic at the moment to get people to give people a booster shot but it's probably not going to hurt and probably in time and this is i'm talking a year or two down the track it will be helpful Um, i think initially it will be focused on groups that are the most susceptible so those groups who um perhaps have compromised immune systems um the aged for example and also people who are likely to be exposed to COVID a lot so healthcare workers um you know those types of individuals first responders um they might be offered boosters first and then it will sort of become a almost like an annual shot if you like that will be your booster shot um so it will the other thing that it will do as well as sort of boosting the immune response is that now we're starting to see the vaccine companies develop um, variations on their vaccine that are targeted specifically at the Delta variant and they can be adapted to, uh, to, uh, to attack any, of the, any new variants that might emerge as well. So we might see that um, happening as well in the future.
0: Which, of course, is what happens with uh, the normal flu, for want of a better term, normal flu shot. Um, uh, We get it every year because there are these variations and it gets tweaked each year to chase the the virus varying.
1: You're exactly right. Yeah, it's it's kind of confusing because some vaccines you get, you know, like the polio vaccine, you you don't have to have that every year. You have it once and that's it. So um, I I think people... You know, it can be confusing as to why you need to then get a flu shot every year, and you know why are we having to have multiple COVID shots? Um, and, and the answer, like you just said, is that um, this is a, a virus that, uh, when it replicates, um, it's well, basically, it's not very good at it, and it makes poor. Uh, it doesn't copy itself very well, if you like. So the the progeny doesn't look exactly like uh, the parent of the virus, for uh, for want of a better expression. And what that means is um, for the most part, those types of little changes don't make any difference to what the virus does. In some cases, it'll make the virus weaker. And we've seen that with some diseases, they just die out because the virus is really, uh, really not very good at reproducing itself and it makes a weaker version of itself when it gets knocked off. Um, with some variants though, it, it can actually make the virus a bit more uh, infective, for instance. So that's what's happened with the Delta variant. There's been a slight change and that's made the virus easier tr- to transmit. Um, and so, you know, if we develop um, the, the initial vaccines we developed were against the Wuhan version of this virus, the earliest form. Um, and while the Delta version is very similar. And so the vaccines work against it. Um, we can tinker with the vaccine a little bit and make it even more effective.
0: You mentioned uh, treatments uh, earlier. Uh, and I obviously, there's been a lot of recent publicity about a, a, a potential Pill, but uh, that's not the only treatment around. Um, But I understand that they, uh, well, a, they're expensive, and b, they're sort of like the treatments that have been developed for HIV. Is that correct?
1: That is, that is correct. Um, They're they're similar in the sense that what they're designed to do is to stop the virus replicating. So how how coronavirus works is that it basically binds to cells in your body. So as I mentioned before, it, it primarily binds to Um, cells that line the surface of your respiratory passages and when it does that it injects a genetic material into those cells that turns those cells into a factory for making more virus that's basically what happens Um, and that that process will keep on happening and your own body will start producing more and more virus until the immune system jumps on it and uh, and kills it so what these drugs do is that they slow that process down. They stop the ability of the cells to replicate this virus, and that gives the immune system a chance to sort of catch up. It's not sort of overwhelmed by this army of the virus. Uh, the virus is, you know, slowed right down. There's less of it, and so the immune system can kill it. So um, the, the, the treatments don't prevent you getting COVID or, or any other virus, but they do mean that the um that the advancement of the, of, the, of the the progression of the virus, the progression of the disease is slowed and that makes it easier for your immune system to help you recover.
0: And speaking of HIV, I guess that's a, a, also a reminder that there are viruses where... Uh, vaccines never get developed. Uh, HIV, HIV has has. There's never been a a vaccine to to prevent it.
1: There's plenty of diseases that we've been trying to make vaccines for for years. HIV is one of them. We'd love to have a vaccine against the cold, for instance, but we we just can't do it. Um, or we, we haven't been able to develop something that's effective enough to to say, all right, you know, everyone take everyone take this this vaccine. So um, yes, we've been very lucky that that um, COVID has come at a time that We've made some really big advances quite recently in vaccine design. And so the mRNA vaccines, for instance, from either Pfizer one uh, and the Moderna one that have sort of proven to be you know, very effective, we, we were really lucky, I guess, that all of the development of that vaccine had sort of already taken place. And so it was a very minor change that needed to be made in order to make it work for, uh, for COVID. So it was kind of, I mean, it's a terrible thing that's come along, but We were right place at right time in terms of being able to have a vaccine. If this had been 10 years ago, probably the implications uh, would have been a lot worse health wise for for people just because we wouldn't have been able to have these vaccines produced so quickly.
0: And and as I understand it from Peter Doherty, the the fact that we were able to identify the the genetics so quickly, which is another thing that we couldn't have done, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago or something um, to to put the that information into the development of the mRNAs
1: that's exactly right I, I remember um so I, I did some early studies in um in Boston uh and this was in the early 2000s and I remember then um you know we were talking about sequencing the genetic code of humans and it was this massive project that cost billions of dollars and thousands of hours and, well not hours it was years of work and you know people would Talking about you know what a great achievement this was, and it was. It was a huge milestone. But now that sort that type of um, information can be gathered overnight by a junior member of the lab, just sort of you know plonking a plonking a blood sample into a test tube and come back in the morning, and there's all the information that previously has taken billions of dollars and and you know hundreds of man hours. And um, and, and you're exactly right. That means that when something like a virus comes along, we can study it and learn uh learn about its genetic makeup very quickly far quicker than we've been able to and then that allows us to identify weak points on the virus that we can target using the vaccines and using these treatments that are just starting to come along now so yeah again we've um uh we've got some good weapons at our disposal to to sort of address things like that unfortunately they seem to be working reasonably well at the moment
0: Um, And I'm grateful for the time you've you've given us. Um, uh, I think it's been very informative and and enlightening. Um, So uh, thanks very much for your time. And I look forward to perhaps talking again as things continue to develop.
1: Pleasure, Paul. Happy to do that.